You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today I have the opportunity, the honor, and the privilege of interviewing Dr. Trace Tanner. Dr. Tanner is an author, he's a life and relationships coach, and a retired university professor. He has decades of experience as a counselor, speaker, lecturer, and retreat leader with many appearances in the media. He and his wife Susan co-authored the book Central to the Thriving Marriage Relationship System, which is available at FamilyResourceSystems.com. Today, Dr. Tanner, I'm so happy that you are here with me. I love doing this. I love the interview. I love the stories that you're going to share with us today. It's so exciting to see what a person's background is, what motivated them to go into the field Sometimes it's a catalyst from a wound or something that happened in childhood that that leads us into why we would love to be a coach and a mentor for other people. And I have recently been interviewing coaches, but this is the first marriage coaching course that we're going to be discussing today. So thank you, Dr. Tanner, for being here with me today. Of course, I'm delighted to be here with you. So excited. So first, I just want to ask you, what prompted you and your wife Susan to write the book that you have created an entire course to help so many marriages around the world? Well, I need to put this in the con in the context of of other career things. I ch- chose to go into the field of strengthening families because I felt that was my calling. I was prompted to do that. What motivated me was a little bit different from so many therapists. I happened to have grown up in an exceptionally positive, functional family. And I decided, well, I have things to share with other people so that they can have great family lives too. That was my that was my prompting. And when I when I entered the field, I discovered that lots of therapists came in the field for the opposite reason, because that had really serious problems. And so We're I was looking nuts. for answers for right. themselves. So I wasn't such a good fit. But anyway, that I got into that field. And I could tell you more about that. But let me go back to more specifically on the book. So I had a more or less a, a dual type of a career. I taught at the university and I was a therapist. Uh, most of my time I was in San Diego. But a here's teacher the... and an educator and a coach. Yes, oh, a counselor. there you go. Yes, counselor. And, and then that kind of evolved into coach because I really found that my approach, even as a therapist, is I was not a shrink. I was an expander, which is more like what coaches do anyway than mm-hmm. what a lot of therapists do. So point is, that was a very comfortable fit for me. What happened specifically with respect to the book is I was teaching at a university and um, what I'd been teaching classes which incorporated things associated with marriage. Those were some of the units in my family relations courses and so forth. What what university? Well, I was at the time I was teaching at the University of Utah and BYU Salt Lake Center. Okay. Great. And so these those are the places I was teaching at that time. But then I'd made the determination I was going to go back to San Diego to reestablish my practice there. 
But my wife said to me, well, Trace, you've been doing all this stuff on marriage. Why don't you write a book? <laughs> and my response to her almost immediately was, I wrote a dissertation. I'm not, I'm a speaker. I'm not so much of a writer. I don't necessarily enjoy writing. And then her comeback was, well, Trace, I'll help you write it. Bing. Because she's what, a writer? Well, she's, she's not, well, she's a, she was my wife, number one. <laughs> the thought that occurred to me that having a marriage book written by a husband and a wife team, mm -hmm. it'd be better than a book, a marriage book written by a single person of either gender or a person that was just from their point of view. But number two, and this is more important perhaps, um, she wasn't a professional writer, but she's very good writing and editing skills. And what wound up happening, I knew that because this was not something I loved to do, that I really needed some help. What happened with the book is I would dictate these big old long paragraphs, kind of along the lines of what professors do. They tend to be a little bit verbose and detailed. And, and so I'd dictate a big long paragraph and then she would say, okay, how can we make this more succinct, more to the point, easier to understand and to apply? That's so a gift. that was a huge gift and a blessing because otherwise the, the book would have been 800 pages and no one would have ever read it. <laughs> so so that was the that was a little bit of the story behind doing the book. And as we as we worked on on writing the book together, uh, we also had help from a really exceptional person who, as our editor, who had actually ghostwritten Seven Habits for highly effective oh, people. Wow. So he knew a lot about writing and he also knew about things to do. And one of the most significant things he recommended we do when we wrote the book was to have it be something where it was not just information, but it had ideas and specific ways that people could apply it. And start the implementation. Start the implementation because there's so many, lots of good ideas out there. There are lots of marriage books out there. But what the difference was, he suggested to us if we would prepare a little tool so that it would allow, not just allow, but would facilitate couples being able to essentially take the information they'd learned and make specific applications into their marriage on a weekly basis. That's wonderful. And that's what we did. So we created the KISS Marriage Maker to go along with it. KISS, keep it simple, sweetheart, <laughs> Marriage beautiful. Maker. And so it's just a little tool that comes with our system that enables people to, to in essence, take ideas and then filter it through their own minds and experiences and decide what do we want to do more importantly, what do I want to do? Meaning mm -hmm. because both the husband and the wife need to make decisions to engage in this process, decide what are we going to do this week to make our marriage or I our relationship that. better? And too, they do. Too many times one person will be motivated. I remember in my first marriage, I, I would find a good book, His Needs, Her Needs, or a marriage book. And I would say, sweetheart, do you want to read this book with me? And he didn't want to. And so what would happen was if I started reading it, I'd get motivated and then get frustrated because I couldn't implement it and have somebody working with me on the things that the changes or the growth or the, the progress that I wanted to make together. Exactly. And that and, and even though a person can be very well intentioned and, and try and, and engage in a lot of positive things, the reality is 
it takes two to make a marriage really thrive. And so, and this is going to say, say something a little interesting because my wife's a little concerned about the decision I made, you know, fairly recently. What we did, first of all, recently is we converted the book to an audio book. So it not only is in a written format, 230 page. 200. Well, you know what? The more senses you involve. So hearing, reading, being able to hear it, read it, and then have questions that you have them answer. Absolutely. And then they're writing all. too. Then they're writing it down, especially in their little kiss marriage maker. So they can use this. What am I going to do this week to make my marriage better? So at any rate, uh, the, the point is, for any couple, because I found this also, most people are intuitively aware of this. You got to have both. If you only have one partner in a relationship that's really working on making it work, you, you, they can do some things, but it will never really go. So I made the decision recently that when we put together this, I call it, a, it's kind of a package. Mm -hmm. It's a thriving marriage relationships system which comes with both an audio book, but it always has two books because they're guidebooks. And unless you get both of them engaged, eh, it's one of those kind of things that sometimes sits on your bookshelf with good ideas. But this is kind of like a guidebook that enables people to actually, they, they, they answer the questions together. They look at these suggested actions uh, that they can take. That's why we call the subtitle of our book is is to nurture joy I forever with the six practices for thriving relationships. Why do you think we call them practices instead of principles? Because it's something you got to do. <laughs> if it just stays in your head as an idea, as a conceptual, oh, wouldn't that be nice if, no, no, no. But not applying it, but to, not your applying own it situation. to your own situation. And you do it regularly. And that that's one of the things that makes a big difference. Well, I met you and your wife with sitting across from you at a recent conference a Saturday ago at the Hope for Heaven event that Nancy and Mike James put on. And you handed my husband and I each one of your books. So we were both able to hold it and open it. And I was able to glance through some of the questions. And I, I thought, I love this. I love when a system has questions to answer. And it was so neat because oftentimes if I my husband will buy a book like a self-help book and I go buy another copy. He's like, why did you buy another copy? I already bought one. And I always say, because you, you're going to have that copy. You're going to be underlining it. You're going to be highlighting the things that are important to you. And I want to have my own copy so that I can highlight it and underline and write little notes in the margin. Cause this is really, this is really a system that you're doing. And so you're going to have thoughts and you're going to want to write your own messages to yourself and mental notes right there in the margins. So Dr. Trace Tanner, we're so grateful for your talents, your wife's talent of editing. And we're going to take a station break right now, but we'll be right back to hear more about Dr. Trace Tanner's wonderful conceptual idea of thriving marriages.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. I am really excited, Dr. Tanner, to spend this time with you today and to learn about what went into your background, like the education that you had. You have become this phenomenal marriage coach, but you were a counselor before that and a college professor at the University of Utah, BYU, Salt Lake City. And now you're taking all of these wonderful years where you have been practicing and coaching and counseling and teaching, putting it into a system and making it available to all of us so that we can have thriving marriages too. So tell us, I would love to hear about your story, about your background. Sure. Well, like I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, I felt that I that when determining a career direction, I felt what I need to do is to strengthen families. And what that translated into in terms of an educational program is uh, I decided to get degrees in family relations. And while I was at it, it was kind of a composite degree in family relations and child development, because those are also mm -hmm. a, a very important part of family. So I did that. But quite early on, while I was still an undergraduate, I made some goals, really rather ambitious goals. But among those goals were, I, I said, in my career, I want to be a university professor and a therapist, as well as do other kind of things on a prevention basis, like seminars and whatnot. So, so then I pursued a master's degree, which was at the time in the state of California, one of the first states to, ena to enact, to actually develop a degree in marriage, family, and child counseling. I was one of the people in the early years that that ever happened. But then I wanted to get my doctorate in family relations and actually got the a full ride fellowship to Florida State University, which was a top five university in, in, in that era in my in, for that doctoral program. So then I had this this educational background to be both a professor and a therapist. Well, it still enabled me to do the other things I really wanted to do, which was more things on a preventive basis. So at that, at that point forward, I, I, uh, I taught at a university. I'm bilingual, so I went to Puerto Rico, mm. and I taught at a university down in Puerto Rico, and then I came back, and essentially in both Orange County, California, and San Diego, that's where I, you know, I, I got my license and practiced as well as uh, did university teaching and, and began doing seminars for couples, for parenting things. What I really enjoyed doing was uh, marriage retreats because uh, I, I really liked working with people whose orientation was, you know, we're not ready to go get divorced. We have a pretty good marriage, but we want to make it better. Mm -hmm. So we would do these great retreats at my favorite place in San Diego was the Hotel Del Coronado. Mm. And so we'd, we'd do these marriage retreats and would teach the couples the principles and then they'd go walking on the beach and be able to talk about it. So anyway, those are some of the kind of things I did. But then it was really quite a bit later that my wife said, well, why don't you write a book, which I'd never planned on doing. But then, as I mentioned before, I thought, yeah, why don't we write a book? And so we did that together. 
Um, it's much more than than just a book. It's a system. It's a system. And I have to tell you that I was born in Coronado, and Coronado is the most beautiful, amazing, and I love to go visit Coronado and ride on the ferry. What a perfect place for a marriage retreat. Oh, and I loved We did several there, and it was really a great place. And you're right. <laughs> what a cool thing that you grew up or were born there. Yes. Wonderful place indeed. Such so, a such a fun little town and beach walks and just oh my gosh if if anybody could go do marriage retreat take your system go get your system and then go to Coronado to the and, Hotel Del <laughs> that's right. a world class uh, place yes. with the white beach white sand beaches it, it is you, you it's magical it's a wonderful place and so yes that's where I because I was a uh, I had my uh, practice up in North, what they call in San Diego, North County. Mm -hmm. uh, but but for those things, we would like to go to a great place. So mm -hmm. that tells a little bit about what I did with that particular piece of it. But it, but but my wife's, I think, understanding was, well, well, you you teach people all this stuff. Why don't you write a book about it? And like I said, I was initially a little hesitant because I'm I can write. But I don't love writing. Mm -hmm. I'm much more of a speaker. I'm mm -hmm. a verbal <laughs> communicator. You're a more people than person. I'm you a people. Were, I mean, we walked in and sat down across from you, and it was like immediately, I'm a people person too. So it was like, I want to know who you are and what you do. And you were so We wonderful. connected really immediately. Yeah, we both are people persons, yes. and people persons connect with one another even more <laughs> so with one another than they do with others because you both do. have that same proclivity. So. At any rate, that's. Um, I decided that if I wanted to have this be to really impact more people, yes, there's a value in, in having it be in a book rather than just courses or retreats or whatever. So, but what I like is that you went about it in a full 360 degree way. You you did it from private one on one counseling sessions with people with deep troubled marriages, as well as marriage retreats with people that might have had a good marriage or a great marriage, but wanted a better marriage. And so that was very interactive. And they got to associate with each other and other like-minded people and couples that were also striving to be better and do more. And then teaching students that many who weren't married at all, but laying a foundation for them to, to set up in their minds and in their hearts, their own desire for what a good marriage would look like for them and what they wanted to bring to absolutely and that's and there's another couple of categories just so that you know because you fit in this category as do so many millions of people mm -hmm. there's lots of folks in this world and i learned this when i was doing author tours all over the country from new england to chicago to all over when i was you know essentially getting the book out there and what i discovered is a lot of the people that were coming to my little author presentations were people that it, that either were or had been divorced. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, well, how come you guys are coming? And it was very clear. A lot of times people who have been through a bad marriage, mm -hmm. they're more motivated than other couples because they know from a firsthand experience how problematic this is. Well, what we know from having gone through a divorce is that you can't take it for granted and that you can't just say, well, we said our I do's and it's going to continue without any work and effort. And that if there's broken promises, there's got to be healing 
and it takes two. And so I think that what, like for me, having been through a couple of divorces and even annulment, I was to that place where I was like, okay, Lord, you, you bring me someone who is as equally committed to creating a good marriage as I am, because I will work at it and I will play at it and I will try to do everything in my power. And now several marriages later, I have the most peaceful, sweet marriage of five and a half years where I got married at 56. And, um, and it was such a long journey to get to this man. And we, our value systems are so similar. We, our characters are so similar. And so we sat across from you and I thought, hey, Dell, that would be so fun to do that together. <laughs> Indeed. Well, thank you for sharing that because I knew a little bit of that, but not all of that. And it makes my heart warm <laughs> and glowing to know that that you have found the kind of a person that 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 is in fact that way. And and really what our thriving marriage system does is it gives people very concrete tools so that even if they're not so much that way by nature or experience, they can learn. And that's the, one of the exciting things. Because I remember when I, uh, short story is I'd been in San Diego and then I decided when our book came out in Spanish, it you know, thousands of copies went all over Mexico, the Spanish version of this. That's wonderful. But so I decided I wanted to work more with Latinos so I moved up to L.A. and what I discovered in L.A., which is kind of I grew up in a suburb of L.A. in South Pasadena. Short story is there were so many people in the L.A. area that kind of had this attitude about they wanted nothing to do with marriage because they did hmm. either themselves or everybody they knew crashed and burned. And they we don't want to have anything to do with this. Mm -hmm. But the really good news is even people who've had that experience for themselves or have seen it in others, they can learn. And that's the cool thing about when people have the both the principles that work and the practices to put it into to implement. Well, I love that. Um, people say I was a diehard because I got married several times, not all at the same time. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. One after the other and just never gave up. I never gave up. I wanted that happily ever after that I believed was possible as a little girl. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant with Dr. Tanner, and we're having such a wonderful time discussing thriving marriages, his system, his books. He, you get two when you order the package because both in a couple deserve to have their own copy to highlight, to underline, and to read at, at your own pace because you're going to be doing wonderful uh, goal setting and implementing what you want to bring to the marriage, what you want to create. And you were just sharing, Dr. Tanner, right before we broke for the news that 
you have been able to instill hope in the brokenhearted, in those who have lost hope, those who have given up, those who have seen maybe their parents' marriage crumble or they've had a sad experience themselves and just want to quit. And I want to put a plug in because I've been married a few times, but I never wanted to give up because my dearest dream as a little girl was to grow up and marry a righteous choice, obedient, noble son of God who loved the Lord more than me and who was willing to work at a marriage. And I can say that at 56, I found that. And if I would have given up, I would never have experienced the greatest experience of my life with Del Turley. And so I'm so grateful for you to offer hope today to anyone out there who might be listening, who's struggling in a sad marriage. Um, do you have any stories of a marriage that turned around using your system? I, I'm going to use one of my most extreme examples because you wanted a specific uh, example. This was when I was still in California operating as a therapist. And I had someone come to me as a woman who was in a lesbian relationship because she was still married to her husband, but had broken that off because she was so disaffected with what a bad relationship it was. And so she had moved to the other end of the spectrum because she found somebody that at least was, you know, more positive toward her, but she'd gone to that extreme. Once I was able to help her and then later her estranged husband to learn these practices, everything turned around. I don't want to be in a lesbian relationship. I want to be in a marriage with my former husband because now my former husband is the kind of a person that I really like and that I enjoy and that supports me and gives me the nurturing that I need, et cetera, et cetera. So that was my most extreme case. And he, and he learned to... To, to be otherwise than he yes. was. So many people. Here's here's. We don't get educated. We don't get, we get educated, married. and that's that's one of the biggest generalizations that I can make, and, and it's a generalization. I know that, but I think most people really try and do the best they can with what they have. But the truth is, we do not live in a culture that emphasizes what it takes to have a thriving marriage. We live in a very me-oriented society, number one, just the society in general, but also people don't get training or instruction. I mean, you got to get a to driver's license. You got to pass a test, but people don't get that kind of uh, exposure to correct principles. You know what? I just want to hop in here and share with you that that's so true because I grew up in a religion where every Tuesday night we would go to what was called young women's and our teachers and instructors would talk to us about someday you're going to get married and you need to prepare for that. And you're going to be, you're going to grow up and be beautiful wives and you're going to be close to the Lord. And at the same time that these girls were having their classes, the boys were in the cultural hall playing basketball. And I often, I, I thought, you know, they're getting to be better basketball players while we're building these lofty dreams of what it's going to be like to get married and live happily ever after. And I think that what a wonderful piece of education this could be for somebody who's single and who's, who may be engaged yeah. And wants to bring their fiance with them to a course from you and or do this system together so that they can talk about these things before so that they can see if they have identical value systems and 
uh, in common beliefs and goals before beforehand absolutely and i was i was <laughs> when you brought up that example i just started laughing because i was as a kid i loved playing sports and when i was involved in in a, a church basketball and stuff the guys in the world are t tend to be much more exposed to experiences that maybe make them great athletes but as a generalization this is not always true but as a generalization, females tend to have a much more exposure to understanding of appreciation of a desire to, to focus on things that create good relationships than guys do. And so guys really need even more than, than women to get some understanding of what those principles are. And by the way, let me share something because our book is built around what I call the six practices for thriving relationships. Yes, tell us about those. I will in a second. Well, okay. I'll tell you quickly. Share all you, all you have to do. I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing. It makes it sound simple or easy. <laughs> the simple, the simplicity is that there are six things. Share, care, connect, confront, resolve, and grow. We'll talk about that later. But I want to go back to the to the, the thread we were talking about with, uh, with men and women and what they need to get exposed to. Because in reality, all of us need to have, do the same things. No matter what, where we are, and and this is a, an opportunity for them to get exposure to that, so they can and learn together. Now you talked about so you go through this because our book and our system, the the book has questions, and I'm going to differentiate what we have done in ours versus what so many marriage books do, because I'm familiar with that. I've done in that. I was in the field, you know, forty years. But here's the thing: a lot of questions that t oftentimes get raised in books, what they essence in essence do is have people question, well, what about this? And is your spouse doing this? And they kind mm -hmm. of say, well, you know, men are this way. And the point kind is, negating a lot of negative things. And and to my way of thinking, and, and one of our one of the, the instructions, our our system comes with an instruction booklet, and what we say is because every at the end of every chapter it has twenty questions, okay, not the game twenty questions, but twenty <laughs> questions that are related to applications of these practices. But the thrust is always, how are we doing, and can we are there ways we can do better? So it's Rather very than, positive. It's very positive. But even in that realm, there are some areas. So I have people go through the system and go through the twenty questions because they all have their each have their own book, and they say, okay evaluate each one of these questions if you're doing rather well put a little one by it if and you're are, doing are you having them evaluate themselves yes yes so it's all about yourself how, how am i doing am mm -hmm. i doing pretty well uh, rather well pretty good pretty good job or mm, we need a lot more work on this so then they do that before they then meet with one another. And they both got their books in hand with their own little uh, having pre-evaluated i love this and guess where they start they start always with the ones that are the most sensitive and problematic, right? Wrong. Because <laughs> if you start with the things that are most problematic, you're going to have the most. What you want to do is reinforce all the good things. So you get them to start on the areas where they're already have done some pretty mm. decent things. And they're and so they can give each other some positive vibes and they're feeling better. So then they go to the ones where it's a little bit, maybe not quite as well. But so they've I'm, got some padding. They're, they're padded. They're like, oh, I'm doing I'm doing kind of good here. I'm doing very good here. All right, lay it on me. Start, what am I doing not so but good? Then you start with the ones where you're already doing a decent job. So you I can like reinforce that. one another, and then you got better feelings about being able to go with the ones where you're well, it makes kind sense of okay. Because if that. you start with a, with 
the least the least one first is going to shut down communication exactly right off the bat bat. and i try and stack the deck Mm -hmm. you know people can and do make decisions to get divorced or not go forward with a relationship sometimes for good reasons but i like to stack things in the favor of putting everything so that their chances for making it work well are maximized to me that only makes sense which is why so many people really like this and it really works and by the Mm -hmm. way i keep saying i do this because in in my career as a coach because it kind of evolved into becoming a coach rather than a therapist i was there able to work with people and i could still do that but i wanted to create a self-help system so that a couple can do this i got to share an experience because when i was doing marriage retreats in southern california one of my colleagues uh, we used to do marriage retreats. There were three or four of us couples and we did them together. And so when I came out with my book, you know what his feedback about the book was? He said, Trace, this is like a self-directed marriage retreat. And I would have written this had I ever written a book, which I never got around to. But that's what we're trying to make it so that people, so the couples can do this themselves. I love it. Because when you feel proactive, when it's your idea, you're much more probably going to devote yourself to it rather than if it's somebody else's idea for you. It really has to come from within. Any change begins within. So I love this. This is such an exciting program. We'll be right back after these messages. to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. We're back. Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing the wonderful Dr. Trace Tanner. And Dr. Tanner, it's been fun even in between while there's been news going on. We've had some really fun conversations here. I think marriage is my favorite subject in the whole wide world because as a little girl, I was programmed with a little red phonograph and a stack of 45s and they all ended Someday my prince will come. <laughs> <laughs> so I was programmed as a very little girl. My mother was a Relief Society president, and I was the third daughter, and the two older sisters were at school. And I stayed and colored and listened to little phonographs all about the princesses that grew up and married the handsome prince and, and galloped away happily ever after. And so for me to find and to create a happily ever after became my whole life's ambition. I wanted that more than I wanted anything else, more than I wanted a profession, more than anything. And so I'm so happy to be here with you today and to bring hope to America that even if you've had some sad experiences, so have I, there's still hope. And without God, 
I couldn't have gotten through the things that I've gone through, but I'm so grateful for you, Dr. Tanner, to be here with me today because you've had an enduring, loving, long-lasting marriage, which is something that I always wanted, and I'm only on year five and a half, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm 61, and it's on year five and a half, and I'm just, oh, I'm going for the glory here, going for the gusto. You have six steps do you call them steps? We call book? them practices Six as opposed practices. to principles. And I would love for you to share with our listening I'll, audience. I'll be happy to do a little that. bit about each one about, of those. I'm going to define them first, make one other comment, and then go, go into maybe giving some examples or applicate how they work. So the six practices for thriving relationships are share, which is to spend time in new and renewed shared experiences with your chosen companion. Number two is care, which is nurturing a best friend's relationship with your husband or wife. Number three is connect, which is to enhance both the emotional and the physical intimacy with your soulmate. Then we have a couple that are a little bit more sensitive because they deal with more challenging areas mm -hmm. of any relationship. The first one we call confront, which is to communicate your concerns about the tough stuff with your spouse. The next one is resolve, which is kind of part B of that same process, mm -hmm. which is to deal with differences and resolve conflicts with your helpmate. And then we come to the last of the six, which is kind of the icing on the cake in a way, because most couples never even get to this very well. That's called grow which is to refine the shared vision and spousal synergy with your life partner. And some people believe it's their eternal partner. But I want to say a couple things because people say, well, I always thought communication ought to be one of those things. But the reality about communication is communication is a process and it's used in at least the last five of the six practices. You got to communicate. Believe well, it and share. You to share, you're still you're, communicating. You're still communicating about what you're gonna do and the mm -hmm. cool adventures you're gonna have or whatever, or the traditions you want to keep up, etc. So let me go back and address each of those briefly. And by the way, these are put in a sequence, which is a sequence which is in a at least a theoretical way. You start with things and whenever you're in a relationship, you begin by sharing experiences together. And then it goes further and further and further. So as it, as it relates to what people will find in the system, share is by, the, by far the easiest and simplest for people to understand and to apply. Whereas then you get into the other things and it takes a little more understanding because they tend to be a little more challenging. But so you, you begin by developing a relationship based around cool things you love to do together or you want to try new things or you want to do the same things over and over, which become traditions in your marriage, etc. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of leave that one because it's almost self-explanatory. In fact, I'm going to make a generalization now about one of, I believe, the mistakes that characterizes lots and lots of, of couples. And what they think is, as long as we have a great physical relationship, and we do fun things together, then that's going to make it all work. Okay. Sex and fun. 
And so people think they're going to go on some exotic trip together, do other kind of cool things. And as long as they got a great physical relationship, then they're going to have, then that's going to be this, the keys to making their marriage work. Great. That's two out of the six. Mm -hmm. But they, if they've never learned the skills for dealing with problems, how, how, do you, how do you handle differences? Every person on the planet is different from another. Mm -hmm. And what happens with too many couples is they feel like, oh, my, my wife is this way or my husband is this way and that's different than me. And how come they can't be like me? No, no, no. What people need to learn to do is how do you, how do you handle differences I think that's really conflicts. true. Mm -hmm. And as, as well, okay, well, I'll, I'll move on to that. But I'm just trying to say that's that can be one of the, the areas about which couples need to have some ideas about how to understand that and then how to deal with it. When you talk about dealing with it, I'll just give you one example mm -hmm. of this. I'm skipping forward a little bit and you know, that's the way I am. <laughs> okay. and, and so I'm going to, because they're among, among the ways that how do you resolve things, how do you deal with differences, a lot of times, it requires compromise, not always, but often. There's four different kinds of compromise. Oh, this is going to be fun. We teach people different varieties of compromise, whether it's taking turns or, or yielding or agreeing to disagree. And so we give people exposure to these ideas. Oh, I never thought of that. And I'll give you another idea because most people don't ever apply this to their marriage. Most of us are aware, like in the business world, when people are trying to come up with something, let's brainstorm. Well, sometimes when, when a couple reaches an impasse and trying to come up with a solution to a challenge they have together, that's something they could try is just take it out of the mindset of, oh, bashing. How come we can't get along? Let's just have a brainstorming time and see if we can come up with ideas. You don't evaluate them. You don't criticize them. I like that. Just going to a place of neutrality yeah. and hearing the other person's ideas and say, that was interesting. That's interesting. But first you generate a list of but maybe no half a dozen. Emotions. And then you come, yeah, exactly. And then you come back and you evaluate them. Mm -hmm. Well put. You really understand this well. <laughs> so anyway, those are a couple of examples. Um, so I want to, because I know our time is going to be a little bit limited. I want to skip to the chapter, the vast majority of couples, even those who have really good relationships, sometimes don't really understand the whole business about grow. And by the way, I'm going to make another comment about when we wrote the book and what I tell people, because it just kind of came to me, you know, after I'd spent over 25 years doing all these things and it just kind of flowed. But here's the thing that's kind of interesting about, about the, the, the practices. The grow practice uh, is, 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 is most of the things that are in our book are not new. And I, I'm going to give my jaded little pat answer about, about relationships in life and certainly in marriage. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. Why is that? Because the Truth principles that really work have been around forever. And they're, they're true in every culture and every period of time. So the things that we discuss and elucidate and give people ideas about how to make them work are not new ideas that Trace and Susan Tanner came up with. These are ideas that have been around, but it's so nice to be able to have. So a lot of people are going to resonate. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I'm aware of that. And by the, part of it is being reminded, being of, reminded what you, of, things. of what you know or what feels correct, what feels intuitively right. Exactly. And I'm going to give one other little concept because uh, remember I mentioned the 20 questions, every chapter has 20 questions. They all in essence cover applications of 
that particular practice. Okay, like how do you develop a best friends relationship? There's six ways, there's six dimensions of that, including acceptance, kindness, understanding. Anyway, how do you develop a best friend relationship? We teach people how to do that. But guess what question number 20 is in all of those six content chapters? The, The 20th question always asks, what have you ever learned about this practice somewhere else? Not in this book, but you've learned ideas about this practice and how to make it work could be from reading other books. It could be from watching a movie. It could be observing friends. So we always, because Susan and I don't have a corner on truth or on what makes a marriage great. So we always ask people, question number 20 is, what, what else have you ever learned, not from this system, that you could still apply and make it work? You know what I see? I, I All of a sudden, this in my mind, I'm very visionary. So I saw this great big funnel, and it's like you were just gathering all of this mm-hmm. beautiful information and funneling it into your book. And that you have you've created a system from all truth, pinpointing the most perfect, ideas, thoughts, ideas, creative ways to go about improving a relationship. And you funneled it all right here in six practices. Six practices. And remember the practices part, because <laughs> if, if people, no matter what else they ever do, I'm going to make you a, a, a generalization that I could almost make it into a promise in a way. I'm, I'm formulating this in my mind right now. Because there's lots of good ideas, and there always have been. But unless, no matter what ideas, you talked earlier about you like self-help books, you and your husband. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it's about gardening, whether it's about refinishing furniture, or whatever it's about, what's the bottom line? The bottom line is taking that information off the pages into your mind and then into your lives and doing something about it. How many people have even on your shelves, you might have books about marriage or relationships or the Mars Venus thing by Gray. I mean, there's so many things. But if those are conceptual ideas, that's one thing. But if you have a system, and that's what our system does, because we have this downloadable Kiss Marriage Maker so that people can every week put it in their little handheld, what am I, and then they make their own decision. What am I going to do this week to make my marriage better? I, um, let me give you a couple of examples, okay? Oh, so, are we, we almost done? We with are time? almost done. Okay, so. We're going to have to do a part two soon so we can have those examples. But okay. I want to tell you that this has very much inspired me to go talk to my husband and open a marriage practice. I'm so excited. This has been wonderful, Dr. Tanner. You are a joy, and this is exciting, and there's hope for marriages. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America with Dr. Trace Tanner.